You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. My name is Kirk Barron. I love doing this stuff because dentistry is a great profession. And uh, there's a lot of people willing to help you with great tips, you know, thought processes on how to create a better practice and a better life. And today I have one of those guests on here, Kevin Henry, who's been a good friend of mine for a long time and a friend of the Act Dental community for uh, quite a while on different aspects. And so we were just getting ready to roll. And actually, I, we're just going to roll with this, Kevin, because this is how we roll. And I was like, Let's do it. come on, brother, what do, what do you want to talk about? And you're like, I hate you. Is it all right if we talk about hiring, firing, and keeping amazing or hiring, not firing, hiring and finding <laughs> and keeping amazing team members. And I'm yeah. like, absolutely, let's do it because it truly is one of the hottest topics in dentistry right now. And so let's do this first. I always like people to know who they're listening to. So give us a little uh, little bio. Who is Kevin Henry? Well, first of all, hey, it's great to be back on. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate that. Uh, so Kevin Henry, a uh, guy who's been in the dental industry for 20 plus years. I have been lucky enough to be the managing editor for Dental Economics, editorial director for Dental Products Report, the uh, group editorial director for Dr. By Cuspid. Uh, so I've run all a, a lot, I should say, of the major dental publications. I've never worked in a practice, but I've always been that guy lurking over your shoulder, seeing what's going on in the practice, as well as talking to so many of your team members about what they're experiencing. And that's that's one of my greatest joys in this profession is working with the dental assistants uh, to make sure that they are not only educated, but empowered as well. Yeah, it's awesome, buddy. And I know you're doing a lot of speaking on this, but give us the state of the union. You know, let's talk about the why before the how, like what's yeah. going on out there in the world? You know, I think the biggest thing is, and, and you know, none of us like to talk about COVID. It's such an overtalked t- subject, but I think we've got to go back to that as really this the point where the dam broke. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Kirk, I remember being on, we do a Facebook Live on our Ignite DA page for, for dental assistance. The night that we learned that the following week, the dental practices were going to be shut down in most of the country. And, you, you know, you remember that. I do. It was a horrible time. Yeah. And I had so many dental assistants coming on and there was anger, fear, you know, just so many emotions running through. But I'll never forget one dental assistant told me, she said, you know, actually, this gives me an opportunity to hit the reset button. She said, I've, I've always wondered how I should 
change my career, how I should change the practice I'm in. And this is the perfect excuse for me to do that. And that dental assistant not only left our industry, uh, you know, but she's actually, and I, and I still keep up with her. She's a Starbucks barista in Austin, Texas, and she's, she's happy. Yeah. But the one thing that I noticed was that so many of these assistants either changed jobs or left the industry completely to pursue other things. And so I look at that as a moment when we, I think we had issues before that, but it's really grown those issues. And yeah. I think that that's where we in the dental profession have to make sure that we are doing everything we can, you know, the key part of what you said, the keeping the team members. So you don't have to go through the hiring and the finding part. Yeah, I totally agree with you. You know, the pandemic was, I mean, it reset a lot of things, not just employment, but like your needs, what you wanted. There are things I wanted before the pandemic. I don't want them now. And I think the employment thing, the other thing I would say, and I think you would agree with this is like, dentists are not alone. It's not like, oh, this only hit no. the dental industry. If you have friends that own a restaurant, any other business, you know that the playing field is level. I mean, everyone is doing this and it's an opportunity to really up our game. So I love the topic today. And then I'll just throw one more thing into the conversation. Kevin, I'm sure you saw this, like people that were bad at taking care of their team members that showed up in a yeah. big fashion when they got hit with the pandemic. Those that cared a lot, <laughs> yeah. they put all chips in on like taking care of their people. And then you know, people were complaining coming back. Well, I can't find great people. Well, you, it was your behavior that kind of put you in this position. But do you have any thoughts on that? I, I do because, you know, I, you know, remember back to all those CE lectures that you see or have heard. And, and you know, you and I have even given them on leadership, on mm -hmm. communication, you know, all those things that people roll their eyes about before the pandemic. But we saw in those communications during the height of it, just how good or bad dental team members were at that. And again, I'm, I don't want to throw all this on the dentist, but I will tell you, I had so many assistants. I had so many hygienists reach out to me and say, I haven't heard a word from my practice. I don't know what's going on. Or they just got a note saying, hey, by the way, we're putting you on unemployment. So I, I think that if we learn nothing from this, it's that we've got to have some kind of a, a plan in place that communication is more important right now than it ever is, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And this is true before the pandemic, but it, I mean, if you're a dentist, you know how important having a great team is. It's not on a scale from one to 10. I always ask like, what do you guys think the score is? is it a seven? And then somebody in the audience will always go, well, no, it's a 12. And I'm like, you're exactly right. It's a 12 out of 10. Go. So Kevin, where do we start? You know, I think where we start is that we've got to quit having exit interviews and we've got to start having stay interviews. We've got to start talking to our team members right now about their goals, their hopes, what they like, and, and have those open and honest conversations about what they don't like in the practice as well. What's that one system in the practice that's, that's kind of tripping them up every day that they dread coming in because of that? Yeah. And I think when we have those open, honest conversations and those team members hear that we're actually interested in not only fixing maybe those little and tweaking those problems, but also how they can be a part of things moving forward and that they are really a part of the plan. That changes the dynamic in the practice completely. Yeah. You're speaking my jam. So the stay interview, let's go, let's go into the details of that. Yeah, I like that. I, I actually love that. And we're big, huge, you know, supporters of that. I think it's critical that you're having a regular cadence of sit downs, uh, check-ins with your team members. How do you, Absolutely. how do you suggest dentists do it? So if I'm a young dentist listening, how do I do this? 
I, I think the biggest thing is is just set up a time, and it's not at the end of the day. Set up some time when you and a team member, and I think it should be a one-on-one. I don't think it should be everybody sitting around the room, right. but a one-on-one where you both can really focus on things. You both can take notes. You both can put aside the phone, everything else, and just say, what can we do to make each other better? What yeah. can we both do together to make this business better? Because, Kirk, as you know, it's it's not just a dental practice. It's a business. Mm-hmm. How do you grow that bottom line together? And I think if you really focus on those things and actually listen to each other, as well as say, okay, so we know this is important to you. So by August 1st, let's do this. And, and hold each other accountable to those dates as well. So it's not just a, hey, that was great. I checked the box and you move on. No, you have to have some kind of follow-up to that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So do you recommend like a structure to this? So what questions am I going to ask or am I just allowing space to have this conversation? No, you, you know, you know, I, I think it's make sure that they're not yes, no questions. I think it is. What do you, where do you see yourself since, where do you see yourself in six months? Is this what you love to do? If not, why? You know, I think things like that where you can actually open up the door for honest communication. And let's be honest, not every team member is going to want to share this. Not everybody is comfortable sharing where they're not happy in the practice. But I think if you really set that this is a, a safe zone, this is Vegas, you know, what happens in here stays here, but we're also going to do what we can to move forward. I, I think that that's a really important thing for, for team members to know that they can talk openly and freely and that it's not going to be held against them two weeks later. Yeah, absolutely. The key is that you do something about these too when you're listening to team members. That is awesome. Absolutely. So what are some other things that you see and how to deal with this? You know, I, I think one of the biggest things that I'm hearing from a lot of team members out there, it's, it's you know, and you've heard it, Kirk. I've seen it. People throwing money at people to stay, okay. you know, and, and it be, turns into a bidding war. And I will tell you the vast majority of team members I, I talk to, it's not about the money. It is about being happy. It's about being productive. It's about feeling like you're a part of the team. And, you know, Kirk, I'm I'm a big fan of, you know, and and people look at me funny when I say this, but I don't think you have to like everybody you work with, but I think you've got to respect everybody that you work with. And I think there has to be that mutual respect in the practice as well. So what are you doing in the practice to build those relationships where people don't look at somebody as just an assistant or just a sterilization tech or whatever it might be? And and I think whenever you build up that mutual respect in the practice, uh, I think that that's a big step toward those people going, this is a place where I want to stay. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm hurt. I'm sure you've heard this and I get these questions all the time. What happens when you feel like you're being put in a corner a little bit? You know, you got a great team member and they're like, you know what? I could go, I've got an offer. I could go around the corner. I mean, how do you handle that? I, I think you've got to ask that team member, what what's important to them? Is it yeah. the money or is it somewhere where they can really grow? And I would also ask, what do they really know about that practice other than they're willing to throw a couple of extra bucks an hour your way? Yeah. You know, that that's one thing. And and I will tell you, you know, I speak to assistants all over the country and they come up to me constantly and ask me about moving practices. And I always tell them, do your homework. Don't just have somebody come to you and say, I'll pay you 20 bucks instead of 18 bucks an hour. It's yeah. got to be, are you the right fit? What do they actually do? You know, I think whenever you're looking at somebody coming into a new practice, there's got to be an interview on both sides where it's really a comfort level. Totally. But I, I, I don't think dentists should be afraid to ask that question about, well, why are you thinking about leaving? 100%. You know? and, yeah. 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 yeah I love it. And, yeah. Yeah. Now, can I ask you, like, let's go right in the eye of the hurricane. Cause again, it, I, I get this one. So I get it, Kevin, like, 
but where do I find people? Okay, so uh, I've got an ad running and I'll tell you, like, I'm not getting, you know, qualified. Where do I go? Like, am I going to Indeed? Because Indeed's kind of not really giving me what I need. What are you hearing out there? And what do you say? You know, one of the biggest things that I'm hearing is that there's a lot of poaching. You know, what we just right. talked about, there's a lot of poaching going on. But I always find that that poaching doesn't actually mean that that team member is going to be committed to you. You know, is that team member always looking for something else? Uh, so many dentists that I, I work with, that I've talked to around the country, a lot of times they are finding the team members in other industries, you know, and I know that's, that doesn't help you when it's a hygienist. Mm -hmm. But when we're talking about the front office, whenever we're talking about an assistant in some states, a lot of times it's finding those personalities in other places and just saying, if you ever think about a change in a career, what do you think? Yeah. But, you know, we see the the California Dental Association is working. Uh, it's called the the Smile Crew of California uh, is advertising on Pandora and Spotify right now to try to find dental assistants. Wow. You know, so, I, I mean, it's, it's really interesting to see all the different ways that people are trying to find them. And, and I would say absolutely, uh, you know, maybe indeed isn't it. Maybe it's more of a dental post, you know, that's actually focused on the dental industry. Maybe it's more of, you know, just being at that local meeting and kind of meeting other people. But I think really it's about keeping your head out whenever you're out there among, uh, you know, at the movie theater, at the restaurant, at the, at the theater, whatever it might be, somewhere that somebody impresses you with just that interaction you had with them. What can you do to maybe talk to them about that interaction being a part of your team? Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, you know, I have a special place in my heart for dental assistants because they often don't get, you know, they're the unsung heroes a lot in this Amen. industry. And so recently in a study club meeting, I had a great dentist of ours and he was describing the situation in Massachusetts. Now, I don't know anything about this. You might be able to, but he said they actually pulled the data on the number of EFTAs that were available or actually working in the state. And I think it was just greater than a one-to-one -one ratio. So there wasn't a lot. I mean, do you, have you heard that? Do you see yeah. that? I've heard that and I've heard that from all over the country. And, and of course, you know, Kirk, you know, I know, and our listeners, I hope know that every state has different laws for what their assistants and team members can do. And so it's tough to bring somebody in from Rhode Island into Massachusetts or vice versa a lot of times. So it, it's a very tough situation on a lot of levels. And, and I'm constantly asked, where did they go? Right. You know, and, and I think the biggest answer is that a lot of those reset buttons were hit and a lot of a lot of team members found that they could do something on their own. You've seen it. I've seen it. So many uh, new consultants who have popped up, so many new universities or learning platforms that have popped right. up. And a lot of that started while the dental offices were closed. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the other thing, too, again, and I don't know, I don't have any great answers for these. That's why I'm going to ask you these questions. There's a lot of forums <laughs> out there where people can bash dentists, oh, you know, and yeah, so yeah. I just think it's terrible. I don't know what to it do is. with it. I am not a social media guy. Like, I'm not one of those guys that's on there, but I do get these questions. What are your thoughts? You know, the biggest thing that I always tell my assistants when I'm out there talking to them is Facebook is is not the best place to air your grievances right. in any way, shape or form. It doesn't take long for me to click on your profile, find out where you work. You know, I, I always encourage people if there's something that you have to say that you need to grind an axe or whatever it might be, that one to one, you know, find somebody in your local community, find somebody in a local study club, your local assisting society, whatever it might be. But don't go on social media and do it because Right now, the, the quest for patience is at an all-time high as well. We know how saturated the market is with dental practices. And if I go on some kind of social media, I see you bashing a dentist. Do I really want to go to that dentist as a patient? 
Probably not. So I think you've got to think about the business side of this as well, rather than just getting your frustrations out. Yeah, totally. Now, I'm going to say this before I give you this question. I am the absolute worst on the planet on interviewing people. Like there's never been anyone that's ever lived that has a lower success percentage (laughs) than me. And I'll tell you why, because I like people. I really like people. And people tell me I'm really good. I'm like, that's awesome. I actually, my first hire ever, this is terrible. Don't do this. I hired somebody in the first interview. Like you don't do that. You should probably like (laughs) do some research. I just, I thought she was saying the right things in the first interview. Right. Now, so if I'm a dentist listening, Kevin, I'm I'm totally like following you. I totally agree. Now, let's say I'm bringing these people in and I'm starting yeah. the courting process or the interview process. Any suggestions or best practices you can give me to higher percentages rates of success? Wait, one more thing. I got to throw this in. Not I don't know it. if this is true, but somebody threw this at me. In the United States, uh, hiring percentages, even if you find somebody, the likelihood of them making it past 18 months, I think is about 50%. So yeah. put that all together and make some sense out of it. Well, I want to go back to something you said at the very start of our podcast about how when COVID happened, you realized there's some things you wanted, some things you really didn't. And I think that's good. All of us kind of realigned our, our philosophies, realigned what we wanted. And I think that goes down to our dental team members as well. So suddenly they realized what they were really looking for. And so if you're talking about the interview process, I want to bring up one thing that uh, is a really disturbing trend is is there is a lot of ghosting going on right now in interviews. There are a lot of assistants and hygienists who simply aren't showing up for interviews. And, And I will tell you that is as bad of a problem right now as actually finding somebody. So I want to encourage, uh, you know, unless there was a death in the family or something like that, if somebody ghosts your interview, don't give them a second chance. Don't hire somebody just because they've got a heartbeat. You've got to actually make sure that this is the right person. And if they're not going to show up for the first interview and make some kind of excuse about why, that's a red flag for me. I mean, and I think a big X. But as far as the interview questions, I think it's really important to see, did they do their homework on you? Ask them what they know about your practice. Ask them what they, what gets their juices going in the morning? What do they look at the schedule and say, oh, I love doing this. And if they tell you they love oral surgery or they love endodontics, you know, those are few and far between, by the way. But if they say that they love that, you know, then start down that road about, well, what can we do to make sure that you are fulfilled with that, that you learn more about that play to their strengths, you know, really make sure that those things that they love to do, they can do more of, but at the same time, you've got to ask the tough questions. What's the least favorite part of the day? What are the things that you're not as confident in and how can we help you gain more confidence if you come on to our team? Again, those are never yes, no questions. Those are never shrug your shoulder questions. You're looking for engagement. You're looking for them to actually have done a little bit of homework. And let's be honest, to put together some really complete sentences in there as well. Yeah. And so let's speak to the person who might be listening to this too, who's got a dental practice and say, listen, I understand what you guys are saying, but like, I'm kind of in the middle of all of that. I can't find the right candidates. And I also have a team where it's not like my ideal team. I have some, this is a terrible phrase, but I hear a stable leg to the table. It's somebody who's holding up the table. It's not my right type. What, what would you say to them listening? To to me, I think that you've got to, to really sit down and think, is it worse to have this person in my practice, maybe holding things back, maybe not getting us to where we need to be as a team, 
that one person, is it better to have them on board or is it better to go through the hiring process right now and try to find that right person? And and I will argue, Kurt, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. More often than not, it's worth it to let that person go if they're keeping the entire team behind and try to find some who actually fits the team culture. But I mean, what do you think on that? Yeah, I mean, you're talking my jam now, like I, only because I've lived that a hundred times. I found that, you know, in all fairness, let's let's present this in a fair state. You know, you have we, we have to look at it from the entrepreneur, which is the dentist and the team members, you know, in all fairness to this, there's, there's a missing component for me. And I, I've learned the hard way 10 years ago, I had a coach that made me lean heavy into my core values. And I'm so mad that I didn't do it 20 years ago. And I tell dentists this all the time. The more you lean into your core values and you live, eat, and breathe that stuff, the crazy stuff goes away. I don't know how. I don't know why. But I was the tolerator. So I would put up with really bad behavior because they were good at something and nothing drives a great team member more crazy than when you tolerate a bad one. And so I've lived that. And so I know, and we've, you know, if you're a dentist, you know how this works. And we, you've seen many practices where a dentist will go, I can't, you like, she's, she's horrible to work with. She's a great hygienist. And then she leaves and then they go, this is crazy. Like my practice got better overnight, you know? And so, um, and how many times have we heard, oh, my patients will rebel if she leaves, right. you know, and, and all of a sudden you realize the patients are okay with whoever is, is in there in that role. Right. I mean, certainly there are relationships, but, but I, I'm like you, I, I think to have culture more intact than to have that one person that everybody's rolling their eyes about at, at team meetings. I, I think it's just so worth it. Yeah. And so again, let's go back down to like this. We want this to be an educational effort when you guys come here. This isn't about making team members the villains here because no. they just didn't have it to fit. But there are a lot of times there are good hearted team members too. And they're like, so if you're a team member, listen to this and you're kind of in that predicament, you know, the same thing is true is like, what is this practice about? What are the core values? Because it all, all of what you're saying, Kevin fits the best team members I've ever met or the best people I've ever met period in the work for compensation is never number one. It's up there. Don't get me wrong, but it's never the sole reason why they work there. And if you can put together something that's fairly attractive, that people like who they are when they come to your office, you're in pretty good shape. So like, uh, I totally love what you're saying. I I, I like that a lot. And, and I think that, you know, we, I I joked earlier about the rolling of the eyes on leadership and communication and things like that. I think people have done the same thing about the mission statement of the practice for years. But I really think that right now, if you haven't really changed that mission statement and made sure it reflects who you are post COVID, I think that that's really an important thing for you to not only look at, but then make sure everybody on your team is in agreement that this is why we come to work every day. And this is what we each believe in. Yeah. And I got about 90 questions. So I hope you have like four more hours here. So <laughs> let's do it. Hey, you know, and so you're, you know, you're the man when it comes to really helping the, you know, the dental assistants become better and, you know, not only from a mindset, but from their skills type of thing. So let's, let's talk about a difficult question. That's a true one. Yep. You know, this position, I love what you're saying. Sometimes looking to add to your team will include bringing people outside of the industry, but Kevin, I'm a 40 year old dentist. I've been through a lot of CE. You're telling me I could bring somebody in from the outside that doesn't know anything about dental assisting. Like I know that I'm not the easiest person to work with. Is this possible? What would you tell me? I would tell you it's possible if you're willing to be patient and if you're willing to teach. Now, if those two things are not in your 
core values and who you are as a person, I absolutely would not do that because this isn't going to be something that you're going to connect with that new assistant on day one. It's going to take a little time for her to understand the dental terminology, for her to understand how your practice actually runs. But are you willing to take that time or are you willing to have a team member who is who has those things that you love in your practice, willing to take him or her under his or her wing and say, this is how we do things. This is what you do. And and again, patience. That's the key thing, because this person's going to have questions. This person is going to mess up. Just count on it. But are you willing to go through that in order to have that personality, those talking points? You know, I I have seen brand new assistants come in. And to be honest with you, the biggest thing that they have is they've got a great smile and they've got a great way to connect with that patient and make them feel more at ease. And a lot of times that's a big thing for assistants, obviously. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love that. So we've talked about the hiring, the firing. Now let's talk about the keeping. So the keeping. So like, you know. If you're a young dentist listening, there's a good chance, is, let's say your first year out, you're going to practice four decades, you know, so keeping and retaining great team members is key. Uh, so any thoughts that you have on that piece? Yeah. I, I think you go, let's go back to the core values thing that you mentioned a few minutes ago. And I think it's important. The core values you have as a dentist, the core values that you want your practice to have, do your team members reflect that? Mm -hmm. And if the answer is yes, then absolutely. Those stay interviews that we talked about, those open and honest moments of communication, those have to happen as well as setting goals, making sure that those are reached. Uh, You know, I think quarterly reviews are certainly something that should be done where everybody knows here's what you're doing well, here's what you could be doing better. And then how are we going to help you get better? It's not on your own to figure that out. Right. But I think one of the biggest things is making sure that those people you have working with you and for you, but how do they make, how do they really align to what you believe in and then communicate that to every patient who calls on the phone, who walks into your door, you know, every time that you interact with somebody who might be a current or potential patient, how do they know what you believe in? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You got to have these written down. You got to live, eat and breathe. I mean, Chick-fil-A, 61,000 employees know exactly what the core values are. And so a couple couple other things too, I would just add, and I I think you would agree with this, like dentistry, I get it. Like a lot of us that went into this profession, nice people, like we want to be the fun person. And I would say this in order for people to stay, it's got to be predictable. People, even good hearted, good spirited people that have your core values won't stay a long time if it's a hot mess and there's no systems in place every day because it's too hard. And then the other thing is you got to have a little fun. I always say that if you can't, if it isn't fun, it won't last. And you can apply that to anything. You can apply that to a marriage. I mean, you got to have fun with your team, right? I I love that. And it's not just, well, we're going to wait till the holidays to have this party. You know, how do you incorporate fun every day? How do you make sure that there's, there's something to look forward to other than five o'clock every day? I think that that's a really important thing to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of practices. I don't know if I'd recommend this, but they do thirsty Thursdays where they'll have one cocktail at the end of the, and it's not about the cocktail. It's about the celebration. You know, it's a scheduled celebration once a week just to say two words. Thank you. You know what I mean? So. And, 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 you know, let me just hit on those two words for just a minute, because there was a time that I did a survey of a thousand dental assistants and I asked them two questions. The meanest thing a dentist ever said to you, the nicest thing a dentist ever said to you. And we won't go into the meanest. That's a whole other four hours. But the nicest thing was overwhelmingly thank you. 
And, yeah. and so that has impacted me to this day that we've got to take the time and the practice that, you know, if somebody turns the room over, if somebody, uh, you know, talks a patient off the ledge, whatever it might be, absolutely make sure that that person is recognized just with those two quick words. Yeah, I would agree. And, you know, the, according to the Department of State Labor and Statistics, that's the number one reason people prior to the pandemic, it'd be interesting to look at the new data. But uh, I, you know, dentistry is a sport. It's not really a job. I mean, you're moving yeah. and um, the appreciation factor is huge. So good, good stuff. What other thoughts or things do you think a dentist has got to have in place in order for this to work? You know, I, I think the biggest thing is just patience uh, because to hire somebody is going to take some time. It's yeah. you're, you're not going to find that person. I mean, rarely will you find that person on the first interview, you know, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah. So I think you've got to have the patience to find the right person as well as the, the security in yourself that if that takes a little while, how do you work with the rest of the team to make sure everybody understands we are working on this? But until then, here's what I'm asking you to do. Here's what I need for us to do to grow this business and make sure that everybody's on board and that they're not, you know, in the sterilization room, Grinching, you know, behind the scenes. And, and I think that's really important is that people know that there is a plan and that plan does involve them. And I think as long as people know that something's going on rather than wondering and making up their own stories, I think that's an important thing as well. Amen, brother. Amen, brother. I want you to tell everybody a little bit more about what you're doing. I, I know you got a lecture coming up in the Ignite yeah. thing, I, but any last thoughts before we get, get into that at all? You know, I, I think the biggest thing that I would say is last thoughts is just w have those open conversations. You know, we've, we've mentioned it a couple of times, but I will tell you, I have talked to countless team members that that was the difference between them, not only leaving the practice, but maybe leaving our industry was yeah. just that the fact that they felt like they were finally heard. And, and no, I'm not talking about gripe sessions. Please don't, please don't think that I'm just sitting there and, and having you as the dentist, just let the assistant or hygienist spew on you. No, it, have it be a dialogue, have it be a Q and a, have it be something where you're both sharing things. And I think if you can really do that and your team members understand that there are battles you're going through as well, but you know what, we're going to go through these battles together and here's yeah. how we can help each other. I think that's a game changer in so many practices. Amen, brother. Amen, brother. Now somebody's listening and they've never, Seen what you're up to. Like, give us, give, where do I go? Hey, what, what well, do you, you, you can absolutely, you can find out more about me at kevinspeaksdental.com. Uh, that's my website. Uh, it kind of gives where I'm going to be speaking and what I'm doing. Uh, I am glad to be a part of Ignite uh, DDS and what it is doing for dentists as well as team members. Uh, we have Ignite DDS University. If you're looking for teen education, we'd love to have you as a part of that. And if you're a dental assistant out there, you know a dental assistant, uh, Ignite Dental Assistance on Instagram is a place where we communicate quite often and make sure those team members know how much that we love and appreciate them. Yeah. So you train, and let's go into that specifically yeah. on the assisting training. Does Ignite provide that? Yeah, we do actually. Yeah, we okay. have CE courses specifically for assistance. We have a clinical track as well as, you know, again, I've never worked in the practice. I've always been that journalist. So my job is really empower the assistants. And then I bring in the experts to make sure that they're being taught clinically the, the proper way to do things. That's awesome, brother. So check yeah, it out. So that. yeah, if you guys are listening, um, we're going to put it all in the show notes. Our post-production people are awesome. And so don't worry about it. I got everything documented back there. You can just flip up to the show notes and you're going to see all the links to what kevin and i talked about but thanks for being on brother appreciate you kirk, kirk it is always good thanks for all you do for this industry my friend
Hey, man, it's my pleasure, and we're going to keep doing it. So stick around when we say goodbye to everybody else. But thank you guys for listening to the Best Practices Show. If you enjoy, if you enjoyed today, which I hope you did, and I know you did, do us a favor, just hit the share button and share this with your friends and uh, keep sending us suggestions for things you guys want to see. I'll line them up, and we'll make them happen. So remember, better practice, you get a better life. So until we see you guys next time, keep watching the Best Practices Show. Have a great day. There you have it. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Best Practices Show. I hope you sure did enjoy it. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. We are always here for you. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you consume podcasts. And if you really enjoy it, you can leave a comment or a four or five star review. But until we see you next time, keep watching the Best Practices Show. Thank you.